Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Um, a few weeks ago, I know this is, we get coming to this time and a lot of stuff is happening. First off, I, I, just a couple of shout outs for our kids. This past Sunday, we had 10 kids get filled with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's phenomenal. That's so phenomenal. And uh, I got some, they, they sent me some videos of Elijah. He got filled and I was just like, man, I wasn't back there. You know, it's one of those things. I love it. I, he hears me all the time praying in the Holy Spirit around the house. And, and I remember him a couple of times. He was, he would like, why do you, why do you got to pray that funny language around the house? And I was trying to explain it to him, you know, of course, kids are so innocent and so real and so true. And, uh, and so, but, but I got a video to watch it and just to see them laying hands on one another and praying. I'm telling you, that is something that, that they'll cherish for the rest of their life. It is, it's real. It's amazing. And I'm thankful. You guys did an amazing job, Sarah, you and your team back there. I'm so, so thankful to see our kids catch fire. That's what it's all about. Um, and also, uh, for those of you that handled, I know I did Sunday, for those of you that handled the service last Wednesday night, thank you guys. I just heard nothing but great stuff. You know, I, there's so many people that prayed in, in so many different facets and covered different aspects. Kyle and Kena did a great job, and Kenny, and I just, I'm afraid I'm going to start missing people, but great job. Thank you all for giving us an opportunity. Pastors went away, and we took a, a few days to really pray and uh, seek after God's face for what he's saying for 2022. And what we know and what we feel is that what we've been declaring is that our ministry as a whole has come into revival. Well, Pastor AJ, I don't, what, what do you mean revival? I don't, I can't explain it. All I know is that you gotta see it before you begin to see it. We in our ministry are here in this house we have seen everything from cancer be healed to different aspects of promotions and jobs. We've seen so many people that have gotten jobs over this past year, or over the past uh, three to four months that it's unreal. Promotions and jobs, we've begun to see some other stuff that's in the works. I wanna be careful of just how I present it because God is doing some incredible things in the body. He's healing. Um, and so that's all part of revival. When you study revival and you look over the past and to see what God has done in these, in these years, I just finished up a book by a woman named Mary Stewart, and it's an old book. It's called The Cure of All Ills, and it talks about the ebbs and flows of revival in America. And it just, I just read it wanting to run off my couch at six in the morning outside in the cold and just sprint for no reason because it's so good but just to see what God has done throughout the years. And I wept and cried as I saw that God would put his hand on a woman or a man, they called them shakers, and he would touch them with the spirit of travail and they would begin to pray and pray and pray to the point to where they were about to die and then all of a sudden, a whole land would get revived. Everything from Ireland to the Welsh revival. And that we, we are, I don't know what the word is, I'm, I'm missing it, 
we are primed for another one. We are at that place where it's like we're at the tipping point. And I believe the prayers of the saints are rising before the Lord and filling the bowls in heaven. You'll just have to go read Revelation to the point to where it's going to tip and the presence of God is going to be distributed in such a way and move from east to west, east to west, north to south. I believe this is going to happen. And the reason why I know that I'm, we're not going to miss it is because I'm not going to miss it. We're in a house that believes in the outpouring, or should I say the moving of the Holy Spirit. And so we as saints can't sit back and be spectators. You got to engage. You got to be involved with prayer. You got to be involved with, we're coming up January the 9th through the 29th, or 29th, 9th through the 29th of January starts our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We win the war in the spirit and we'll see them coming into the house. We'll see them uh, being touched in our jobs. So get yourself ready. We have to be engaged as saints, right? Doesn't mean you have to have it all together because nobody in this house does. I don't, none of us, but we do have to be ready to engage. So get ready. Um, a few weeks ago, we started a series and I really felt it because it's happening uh, throughout the body of Christ. It's such uh, a crazy level now. It's offense. And it's a, I call it, I call this, this, this series triggered because the word, uh, when you look up offense, offense means it's a stick that's set for bait or a, of a trap. And it's, you know, generally a snare according to, to the to Bible or it's a stumbling block. And the reason why I call it triggered is because if you can just see it, like there's a, a rope that's set and, uh, with a little trap in the middle that says sticking as it's stepped in. And as soon as, you, as soon as you step in all in or whatever and it triggers the trap, then you know, you're, tr it's, it tr you're triggered and then you're trapped into a, a, a snare and there's no way to get out of it. But God has made a way of escaping all of these situations. And I just want to talk for just a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time in this, but I, I, do, I do want to kind of continue from where I started and lead us into something called forgiveness. I talked a little bit about it the first week, but we're going to dive just a little bit deeper. So um, I, I, I know that it's something that I've had to deal with so many times in my life, and it won't be the last time. I'm praying in advance, God, for those that I'm going to hurt, I don't want to, or for those that's going to hurt me right now in Jesus' name, I, I choose to forgive them right now because forgiveness is a choice. Uh, offense, Jesus said, you cannot escape this life. It's impossible that you're gonna get through life without being offended. Offense is, like I said, a stumbling block. It's something that's gonna happen to you. And when I, when I wanted to call this how to deal with the spirit of offense, uh, a spirit of offense is not a demon, okay? I know there's demons about every other thing, but a spirit of offense deals with your attitude. Just imagine spirit is heart. It's, it, it's, it's a heart of offense. It's the, it's the spirit or the attitude behind it. And so you have to guard your heart in every aspect. It's, it's one of those things, and people can say, well, Pastor AJ, I'm offended. Now, what do I do with the offense? Here's what you do with it, and just let this be the resounding big part of what I'm trying to say. If you don't care anything else, hear this. In, in order to keep your heart from remaining offended, first off is learn to have a good forgiver, and the second part of that is keep your heart tender. Keep your heart, fight to keep your heart tender. Tenderness is what takes you into God's heart. People want to know, well, how do I get close to God? I don't understand. You know, when I get offended, you learn to bring yourself into a place called the secret place. There it is. 
You bring yourself into a place called the secret place. It may be your prayer closet, maybe your vehicle. I would suggest that you get up early enough to where you can have that time. But you, you come into this place and you talk straight to God the way you feel. Release. I, I, I don't want to, I got to keep going. If you don't deal, this is one of the things that I said. If you don't deal with the fence, it will deal with you at some point down the road. Hear me, everybody. If you don't deal with that offense that you have, because what happens, Jesus talked in Matthew 24, be good for you to read it. Matthew 24, Jesus talked about the spirit of offense. He said, it's, uh, he was talking to his disciples and he said, in those last days, he said, many will be offended. Not the world, not the world. We know the world is already offended, pre-offended, anything you could, th- they're already there. And many of the people in the church are. But he said, Many will be offended, which is the majority, and he goes through a progression. They'll be offended, they'll, they'll start uh, betraying one another, and then they'll, it'll lead into hatred, and then hatred will begin to give rise to, to false prophets. God forbid that we're seeing a lot of that right now in so many different aspects of people that are saying things that people want to agree with and get onto the same. I'm just telling you, my spirit doesn't bear witness with some of the stuff that's being put out in the name of the Lord. I'm struggling with it, and I feel like it's a slap in God's face. I've just got to be honest. And I think it's important that for us as people have got to have a great discernment about ourselves, as, as Proverbs talks about, to pray. Jesus, or the, the book of Proverbs talks about that you are to cry out for discernment. That is coming from the Holy Spirit. And if, you're, if you don't feel, there's, a, there, there's something you feel. You call it intuition. Anything. It's discernment that God gives us. And then there's a power gift of the Holy Spirit, which Pastor will be going to at the beginning of the year, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And it's called the gift of discerning of spirits. You can get around people, and all of a sudden, you can pick up something. It's like, man, I don't know. I was talking to our staff today. I said, there's two things we got to make sure that we're having coming into revival. We need to have discernment, cry out to God that he would give it to us, an overall general discernment that we can rightly divide the word of truth. We can also uh, see situations for how they are, not how they appear, and also a discerning of spirits, which is when I get around you, it's what is it, what's, I don't know, you just begin to discern. You are putting off something, I don't wanna say because that's new age stuff. It's the spirit that's working behind you. Hopefully it's Holy Spirit and it's not some other type of spirit. But it's the attitudes as well that we have to deal with when it becomes talking about offense. But Jesus told him, he said, false prophets will give rise to, um, false prophets will begin to give rise to deception. And the bad thing about deception, you don't know it. And, and it goes on, to, it's just progressive. And then it goes on, the love of many will grow cold. And it's the love of the body of Christ, the agape love that we are supposed to possess. It's the love, not by, not by emotion, but by choice. We are to love one another. It's no hands down, we are to love. Doesn't matter what's happened, what you've done, any of that stuff, we are to love. Now, let me say this as I move a little bit further. This is important. Forgiveness I said it the first week, but I'm gonna repeat it. Forgiveness takes one. It takes one person to forgive. But reconciliation takes two. People say, well, I've forgiven them, but for whatever reason, we can't come back into relationship. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes it's best that you do choose to forgive, but it's impossible to reconcile. Amen. Because maybe the damage is so great, there is no reconciliation. You with me? Not saying it's in every case. I've, I've seen certain family members that have tried to force 
the other part of the family, they did something destructive to this person and they were constantly toxic, constantly toxic to the point to where they pushed them completely away. And then they're demanding forgiveness. No, our relationship. No, they forgave, but they can't walk back into this relationship again. It's, it's, it's just too far gone unless there's spiritual maturity. That leads me into this. The greater the offense, the greater the opportunity to grow in spiritual maturity. I'm telling you. I know I'm talking off the cuff. Maybe I get to my scripture. Maybe I don't. It's what I feel. People that have learned to take something that someone has released, I don't know, a deed that was done, a word that was said, and in that moment, it wounds, it hurts. We can say what we want, it hurts. But to pull away, bring it before the Lord and say, God, I'm trying to look at this from all angles. I know their life is in, they're having a lot of issues. You try to look and say, give them the benefit of the doubt, but sometimes it's just impossible. But how do I move from here with this thing, God? I mean, I've asked that question so many times. And I've asked God to forgive me so many times about things that I've done. But it has to be brought into intercession. When I say intercession, it has to be brought into a place called prayer. If it's not brought into prayer, you're making decisions based on emotion. A great friend of mine, I'll just call him CW. Most of y'all know who I'm talking about. We talk a lot. CW told me this one time. He said, Pastor AJ, when emotions are high, intelligence is very low. <laughs> and that was one of the most intelligent things I'd ever heard in my life. I was like, that's really good because I'm an emotional person and my intelligence can sometimes be pretty low most of all the time. But I got you on this one. Paul was talking to Timothy and he tells him, he says, when we say everyone in this house is leaders, I don't care if you say, well, I'm, I don't No, you're a leader. You're leading yourself. So everybody in this house, I'm going to talk to you like I would talk to a leadership team and I'm on, you're my core. So I love, I love to be able to just just talk to the core for just a moment. Wednesday nights, it's usually what we have. Paul was talking to Timothy and he said, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient and humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps would grant them repentance so that they would know the truth and that they may come to their senses. Now listen to this next part. And escape the snare or the entrapment of the devil. He goes on to say, who have been taken captive by him to do his will. Not an unbeliever, a believer that has been taken captive under his influence and they're doing his bidding. What is it that could shield you to the point to where you don't even understand that you're doing his bidding? It's a five letter word. Starts with a P and ends with an E. Pride. That's what brings you into an entrapment to where you function under his play of hand, if you would say. What's even more alarming than this is that they're most unaware. Most people are unaware in this aspect. And pride will cause you to view yourself as a victim. It will cause you to keep yourself from the majority of the crowd so that you won't confess it, bring it to the light. Anything you bring to the light in amongst uh, wise company and people that have your best interests at heart, the devil will fight to keep you from that. But if you bring it to the light, it loses power. 
And that's, that's what the enemy fears the most is when you get into a group of praying people and people that love you and care for you, when it comes to the surface, that power is gone and he knows that he can't stop that. And I, I will read one last thing um, here. Hebrews chapter 12, because offense will lead to all these different things. It starts there, like I said, it starts with an offended heart. Someone says something genuinely. Remember what I said the first week? Let me ask you this before I read this. Uh, do you have a right to be offended? Do you have a right to be offended? Now, don't answer it. But do you have a right to be offended? The flesh cries out with a resounding, yes, I do. But then the spirit, Jesus, begins to say, <clears throat> No, you don't. You don't have a right. If anybody had a right, I did. And what did I say? Father, forgive them because they, they don't know what they're doing. It's a sign of spiritual maturity when you can release. You forgive. Now, don't let somebody tell you, well, you just have to forgive and forget. I want to slap somebody I'm mean, gonna say that with all holiness within me, you know, <laughs> righteous indignation. But you cannot forget what someone has done to you. Only God in his sovereignty can do that. He is the one that can forget, but he does forgive. So in Hebrews, Jesus, I mean, he just lays this thing out all the way down, but the writer of Hebrews begins to say, and this is the reason why you can't let offense set up in your life. Verse 14, the writer says this, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 15 of Hebrews 12 says this, looking carefully lest any one of you fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled. Many become defiled because of your root of bitterness. Root of bitterness. People ask the question when they, they read certain, certain uh, I don't want to get on social media, but they read certain things on, on, on news media, or they read social media, or they read this, that, or the other. And there's so many questions that are spurred from like all of this stuff, and we have all these questions. Let me ask you a question. What fruit are they producing? What fruit are they producing of, the, of what's being released? When that news anchor releases something from, our, from their mouth, well, they're just speaking truth. Okay, that's fine, because truth will always produce eventually righteousness and justice. That's what the scripture says. So, but I look and gauge the fruit. Here's the problem. Gifts are free, but fruit has to be cultivated. Everybody in this room has been given gifts. God has given you gifts in, in different facets. But here's the problem, the fruit that I'm referring to, not, not bitterness, because bitterness springs a whole different slew of issues and problems. And it opens the door for the demonic realm in a way that will make you, it'll make your head spin of the things that begin to flow out of people's lives when a root of bitterness is evident. When there's unforgiveness, there is, it opens the door, not only to you, you think, you think this stops with me, but then you look around and all of a sudden you see your child then you see a spouse, you see 
finances. You see things begin to go haywire and chaotic because you've opened a door. And that's why when I read this, I'll be done. (laughs) We'll read the scripture, talk a little bit, and then we're out of here. But the problem with bitterness is because it starts with offense and works its way down to betrayal, to hatred, and eventually into a place of unforgiveness, and then bitterness becomes the root. Uh, and it takes, and it's a root ball that when it latches on and it starts to grow, man, the scripture talks about guard your heart for out of it spring the issues of life. Look at your heart as seeing, see your heart as the actual, the, the, I don't want to say, uh, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. You pull like a uh, landscape and there's a big root ball and, and that thing, it's, it's, when they're in there tight and they're hard, I mean, you're trying to get them up out of your heart. We just did this not too long ago at the house. I mean, it's like, you have to have a tractor to pull that joker up because it's in there. But when it, when it takes hold, everything, and I mean, you just look at what begins to sprout up from that, but from your heart, just imagine your heart in that way. There are so many different streams that are coming from your heart. And if it's defiled, if, uh, 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 my, my mind's going to another proverb, but when it becomes defiled, every stream that comes from it is um, from relationships. And obviously that could speak for itself. Everything is twisted, it's warped, there's messed up perspectives because the heart is wrong, that the heart is not right, the attitude of the heart is not right. So anyway, let me just say this. Uh, In Matthew 21, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them, um, begins to talk to them about this parable in Matthew 21, or excuse me, Matthew 18. And uh, he, Peter is wanting to be the holy one and step up and say a few words. And he says, in verse 21, he says, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive my, my, or how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he said, up to seven times, you know, I mean, just trying to put out an answer. And Jesus said, I don't say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And it wasn't 490. He was expressing and emphasizing a point that it never stops. You got to continue to forgive. And and he goes on to say, I did, uh, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, let me take a moment and tell you what 10,000 talents look like according to our day. It's up to 700 and, it's, it's 750,000 pounds is what that is, talents. And we could relate that to gold. It's 375 tons. 375 tons. So the servant owed, in our day, gold is a little close to, I think I saw it was like 1780 an ounce right now. I think it's right if I, if I researched it correctly. Then that means if we round it up to 1800, it's about, he owed $19.3 billion is what he owed. $19.3 billion. Can, do you think anybody could repay that back? I mean, it's gonna have to be someone of a Fortune 500 company that's making, you know, And so Jesus was just emphasizing that there was a debt he owed he could not pay back. And he tells him, he says, hey, grab his family, his children, sell them and throw throw him into prison. And the servant fell on his face and began to cry out. And he said, master, please have patience with me. I'll pay you everything. And then the master of that servant, which we know in this story, the king or the master is speaking of God. And it says that the master was moved with compassion because of his heart of repentance, because of his sorrow, and he released him. That's important. He released him and he forgave him of all of his debt, the $19.3 billion, he forgave him of it. He forgave him and he released him. 
But that servant went out, and we know some of this story. Those of you that have never read it, you can look and see. said he found a guy that owed him 100 denarii, and he took him aside, took him by the throat. Pay me what you owe me. Fellow servant fell down. He began to plead, please, I'll, I'll pay you back everything I can. But he wouldn't let him. He took him and threw him into prison until he should pay his debt. Then one of his fellow servants saw it. They were sad, and they were grieved, and came over and told the master, told God, God, can you believe what just happened? And then the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you of all that debt because you begged me. He said, should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay back all that was due him. Now, this is important because Jesus never just randomly said anything. Very, very uh, planned everywhere that he went, everything that he said, everything that he did led by the Holy Spirit. Bear with me just a little bit. We're about done. It'd be like us. We say, hey, we should just grab lunch sometime. I enjoy, you know, and it's just like a passing thing, you know, and we never do it. Jesus never just said, hey, we should grab lunch sometime. He would just show up at your house and come in and say, hey, I brought my party with me. Let's have lunch. Let's break bread. Hey, go get that colt that's tied up over there. I need to ride on it into the city. He was just very, I mean, everything he did, not coincidental, but he says here, and it's very important because everywhere in scripture where Jesus told a parable, sometimes when his disciples would ask him, what does that mean? He made sure that there was no questions about what he was referring to. He said, so my heavenly father also will do to each of you from his heart. uh, Excuse me, I read that wrong. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespasses. A person who cannot forgive has forgotten the great debt for which that they have been forgiven of. You cannot see heaven, the great sweet by and by that we sing about. You cannot see it unless you have truly, fully forgiven. You have to. Men, women, their trespasses. Three points, the unforgiven servant is turned over to a torturer. Now, right here, I'm going to stop after this point and we're done. The torturer, what does torture mean? Torture is agony of body or mind or the infliction of intense pain or to punish. The instigators of this torture are demon spirits. That's what Jesus is saying. Because, well, wait a second. Now, now I'm a believer. I, I, I prayed, you're telling me that I prayed the sinner's prayer and I said all this stuff and I, you know, I, but, but you're telling me that there's still it's what the scripture says. The instigators with a demon spirit, God give tortures permission to inflict pain and agony of body and mind at will, even as if we're believers. Now, let me say this. Could it be that we, some of us, because I've been there, I, let me just share a quick story. With my sister, when my father died, she was not there. There was things happening in her personal life. She wasn't there. And I never knew what a grudge was until a Sunday night service. It hit me out of the blue. And I still held on to it for a while. I held a grudge against my sister for three and a half years. And I know that sometimes I would be in services and I wouldn't feel anything. Now, this wasn't when I was here at Love and Truth. This is prior. I couldn't feel anything. Felt like it was cold. I would be on the stage playing. Of course, it could have been other things I was doing, but um, in that moment, I held a grudge because I felt like, man, that's ridiculous. You were out, and 
our fathers, he's dying of cancer. Where are you? Where were you? Until the Lord really dealt with this in me. Now, I say three and a half years later, but really 2011 is when the Holy Spirit began to pry deep and peel layers back and get to my heart and put his hand on that area and say, forgive. And I remember hitting my knees there on our house at 190 Ridgefield, and I began to weep and cry, God, I am so sorry that I've held this grudge. I reached out to my sister, and I told her, I said, I know that, you know, blah, 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 but I'm forgiving you for not being there the night that dad passed away. I love you. I will always love you, and I'm always going to be here for you. So from that was how I released that, and the grudge I fully lifted off of my life, and I knew that there was true uh, forgiveness in my heart. And, but could it be that we're, we cannot advance any further than we are spiritually, or maybe we can't find healing in certain aspects of our life? Maybe it's emotionally, mentally, or maybe it's physically, because we are unwilling to forgive and release. Scientists and doctors do say, medical doctors, they say that they have linked unforgiveness and bitterness with certain diseases such as cancer and arthritis, certain aspects because there's an unwillingness. People say, well, you're telling me that I've, because if you're unwilling to forgive, that's why if you carry this for years and years, again, it could start simple with, 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 uh, with an offense, but it builds and it grows. It takes root. And it's almost impossible. You cannot do it of your own strength. It has to be submitted and yielded to the Holy Spirit and let him come and do a work. It has to be a deep work. Many cases of mental sickness have been tied to bitterness and unforgiveness. I'm gonna stop right there because I've got one more Wednesday night and then I'll talk a little bit about something else. Once you stand to your feet, Demetri, if you would come and I wanna pray over you. This has been, it's been heavy But what I feel in the house is that many of us are going into homes, families coming to your house for Christmas, Christmas Eve. And what I want you to do is because you will never see, or excuse me, you will see it. I don't know that you'll experience and taste it, the sweetness of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit until you are willing to forgive and release two things. Let me give you just a quick overview of personally, I've told you a little bit with my sister and there's been other cases as well. Be someone that is quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. That's hard. That's really hard. But Pastor AJ, you don't understand what they've done to me. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know the actions and stuff. I, I, get, I didn't say you had to walk back in a relationship with them. I didn't say that. I just said that when it happens, withdraw yourself from the crowd. Don't isolate yourself. Pull away in solitude. Jesus worked in solitude. He didn't work in isolation. He always kept people around him, but there was moments he pulled away in solitude to come come away from the crowd and say, Father, I'm in a place where I need to be renewed with strength. He prayed in the garden. In John chapter 17, I was just reading. He was praying for all the world's believers. Father, I pray that they would be one just as you and I are one, you and me and me and them. I pray for them. I pray for them. So I withdraw myself from the crowd and I hit a place and say, God, this hurts. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer. 
God, this hurts. What they said, I know that I kept a face that was, but it hurts. I'm struggling. I'm at the point to where I don't want to say it. It starts with an H, but I really dislike them right now. And I'm asking you, help me because I can't do it in my own strength. I can't even love them with agape love without your supernatural love. And I am choosing, I'm making a choice. I choose to forgive them for what they did to me. Call their name out and just say, Father, and and you continue to do that. If that's all you can get to in that point in prayer, stop right there and walk away from it. It's an attitude of the heart. You have to incline your heart to do this. It's a choice, it's not a feeling. But offense is coming. At some point, and you've got to have an attitude, a heart that is inclined towards God, that is open and receptive, let him heal. I don't want to see anybody in this house miss revival because of an unwillingness to forgive and release. Because what you're doing is you're holding them captive as a prisoner in your head. And they're wearing you out. You got to let them go. I don't know who this is going to hit tonight. I want to give this just a moment uh, of, of drop the lights. We prayed the last time, but um, I, I, want to, uh, I want to take a moment and I want to pray. And I want this note, please, in honor of those around you, don't look. I want to give somebody because somebody really wants, they're, they're going to want to get freedom from this. I'm not saying it can happen at one time, but I want to pray for them. If you are in this room and you are in that place, I want you to lift a hand so that I can know who it is. I'm not going to come to you asking you what's going on in your life, but I want to pray for you right now. Come on, just give it a moment. Offense, bitterness, unforgiveness. Father, with these hands that are lifted right now, I'm asking for the ministry of Holy Spirit. It's not in the word that I could say. But Holy Spirit, you directed this message. You directed this time. They're struggling. They're in a place where they need help. They can't do it on their own strength. And I, I pray right now, I plead and I intercede for them on their behalf that they can't say the words that they need to say. So God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Holy Spirit, come as the comforter. I pray that you would begin to speak to their heart, direct their prayers, lead them in prayer and lead them to walk in wholeness, to forgive and to release. Continue to keep your eyes closed for just a moment. And if you're, I wanna, I'm just gonna direct you in a prayer and I want you to, this is your start. And this will be your assignment for tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. But start right here and say, Father, I choose to forgive whoever that person is, call their name out tonight. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to my heart and direct my words my thoughts and my actions to walk in wholeness. 
I choose tonight to start the process of forgiveness and releasing them to you. Empower me and embolden me to walk by the Spirit and not by my emotions. Now, one last thing. For everybody in the room, I want you to pray this. Holy Spirit, I invite you into every aspect of my world and heal any wounds and make them scars. In the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.